0: Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast,
1: with your host Ben Tallon.
0: Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon, I'm your host. As ever, this is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Is everybody doing well? I hope so. Um, numbers are going up. Really cool to see more and more support. Uh, I hope people are enjoying the content we're putting out on the show. Keep the feedback coming. Getting lots of people hitting us up now on social media more and more. Uh, with feedback on the shows, letting us know what they thought, why they enjoyed them. Duncan Beattie, last episode, was tremendous tremendous uh, response. Really cool. I suspected it would be, because I know for a fact there are a lot of people looking to get into children's book publishing and illustration. Those markets have always been well sought after. Um, as someone who grew up reading Roald Dahl books with Quentin Blake's iconic illustrations, uh, it's something that Actually personally I've never really taken that much interest in going into that world, but if I did, I think it would be a, a real refined idea. But spending time last year at New Designers and like events, I chatted to so many people who'd geared their portfolio to the children's market and were looking for that inroad, for that, you know, that connection that changed everything. So Duncan gave us a really amazing overview of the whole process of him writing, illustrating, and then getting a successful book deal with Templar for his debut children's book called The Bear Who Stared, which is out now, and I highly recommend it on a, on an aesthetic level because it's tremendously illustrated, really good story, lovable character, uh, and more importantly on this show, Duncan took us through that entire process from coming up with the idea where it initially struck him, um, who he should seek out, for a book deal and you know getting it over the line so we talked about the nitty-gritty we talked about the the details of you know the financial side of things uh representation all those all the things that are pivotal to that but also about the creative process the back and forth between you know editors art directors and authors and illustrators and why it was such a, a pleasant experience working with Templar so go back and check that out it's really worth a listen Some really funny stories as well about Duncan's Daughter's response to the book and lots of other things. Uh, So you'll go and find that, as ever, on soundcloud.com forward slash Arrest All Today we have Human After All coming up. They're an agency who have done some superb, iconic work. And um, I'll give you a little intro about that momentarily. Uh, But just quickly, a thank you to our sponsors for the show who make this possible Make it possible for me to do this show now on a weekly basis for free. Uh, Founding sponsor, Illustration Limited. Always there, always giving fresh ideas and input and support on the show. Providing me with a great lineup of artists, animators, illustrators, designers. Such a broad range of artists these days, I believe, approaching the 200 mark. So go and check them out, illustrationweb.com. They're well represented on social media too. Really cool, broad scope of styles on there. And the new website's great. We've got a whole new news section where the show's featured, little bits of information about projects, client relationships. It's really, really good stuff. Um, there's a, a great new feature, actually, a, a randomizer of artists' names, because once upon a time people were a little kind of irked. I guess me being one of them with T for a surname, it's Talon, you end up kind of down the pecking order. So on the scrolling thing, you know, uh, my friend Danny Allison would have... Um, being well represented on that basis but now it's kind of randomized and also you can hover over the artist's thumbnail and it will give you a little whiz through a few other images so you don't even have to click on the portfolio if you're in a real rush and you want to get a, a feel of an artist's style so go and check that out also thanks to heart internet which you can find at heartinternet.co.uk, and once again on social media channels primarily twitter um They're giving us an SEO social media tip every episode, and these are, as I've mentioned before, are really valuable. These are things that I'm implementing more and more now in my own personal business social media, because it's difficult and you know it's hard to know what where to go and what to do. So this episode's tip, is all about sharing good content. Uh, The idea being that people will follow you not just to learn about what you're doing. It's if you're sort of completely autonomous. You know, unless you're a, you're a Kylie Jenner or, or somebody someone of that of that ilk which I don't think many of us are in this industry people want to a little bit more than just what you're up to and what you know what your latest job is if you're just constantly churning out oh this is my latest illustration this is my latest piece of design people are going to switch off quite quick so it's about being a little bit more lateral and a bit more inventive about what you share and there's so much good existing content out there now on the web people like design week creative review computer arts um you know so many great platforms sharing really valuable articles images videos so get that stuff shared think about what your audience want from you as i've mentioned in the past why they're interested in what you you're doing and what their problems are to be solved and try to share the relevant content and you'll find that people will stick with you and start to follow you more and more if you're offering them something relevant and worthwhile so just bear that one in mind and that's thanks to Heart Internet as ever bringing us this sort of tech top tips uh, that we all need so today it's human after all I've been wanting to speak to these guys for a while and I've been kind of a voyeur from afar watching their uh, beautiful projects They do so much awesome work and a real cutting-edge level of stuff. Really creative work all the time, really innovative stuff. And a series of questions were kind of whizzing around my head after seeing some of their work, thinking how much of this stuff is self-engineered through continuing to do the creative personal work, and how much of this is word of mouth, client relationships, recommendations. So we're going to talk about that on today's episode. We're going to focus primarily on their iconic film work, which if you're aware of the agency whatsoever, the likelihood is you will know them because of their film work. So just a very brief rundown. They've done work for Studio Canal. Um, They've worked on the Movie Doctor's book, which is with Simon Mayo and Mark Commode. So they got to art direct the whole shoot, produce that book and design it. Awesome project. Um, Maybe the most iconic they do, all the branding for the BAFTA Awards, the Film Awards and the television awards so all the visual material all the brochures all the kind of online stuff human after all create and and art direct all that work and this is the kind of stuff that we do for our portfolios in college or at university kind of wishful thinking you know when there are no real constraints and you've got full creative reign so i wanted to talk to the guys and get under the skin of um how much of that stuff is actually as playful as it looks and we'll find out like most things there's a real balance to be had between you know satisfying what the client needs but also kind of fighting your corner and and working with your ideas and and your own creative freedom we're going to talk about setting up an agency and how you can retain that crucial creative freedom because it's something we all war with do you go, do you chase the money early on and make fast money, but maybe give away some of your own creative you know, ideas and integrity and your own direction? Or do you go all out for the kind of down the art road and maybe take less money? Or as these guys have done perfectly, do you find the balance, work closely with your clients to implement your ideas and satisfy theirs? So we're going to get right under the skin of that. Uh, we're going to talk about what it was like to work with the BAFTAs. Um, Outside of the film stuff, they've done some amazing projects, they work with Greenpeace, Facebook, uh, the band Nero, you can go and check all that stuff out on their website, Um, and it's amazing, they they do increasingly innovative stuff, but we're going to look more or less at the film stuff today, so we're going to talk about that, get under the skin of all the things I just mentioned, so it's not one to miss. I think my personal favourite standout brief, they did an amazing pack of cult movie character playing cards. So go and check that out. You've got like Terminator in there. You've got Richie Tenenbaum from uh, Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums. So many amazing images on that deck of cards. So go and check that out. And you know we're going to talk about the importance of still doing your own creative, self-initiated work in order to bring in the big hitters in the commercial sector. Really interesting kind of balance to be struck a real um real kind of you know it's i've I've done my own stuff my own personal projects that are brought in the likes of channel 4 um i remember doing this versus series of posters where i would pit so, you know i had barack obama versus hillary, hillary clinton called it the race sex challenge i had mike tyson versus maggie thatcher this brutal kind of wrestling style poster And I did that to make my studio mate at the time, Danny Allison, laugh. And in the end, it brought in features in National Press and a job for Channel 4 working on Skins animated trailers. Completely caught me off guard. But that just goes to underline the importance of doing the quirkier personal stuff. So we're going to get right under the skin of that. Um, I headed down to Human After All's studios um, in London, over in East London, not far from Shoreditch, actually, up near Old Street. Um, So it was a really fascinating conversation so I sat down with um three of the guys from the team with angus victoria and paul who you know play pivotal roles they'll all introduce themselves properly on the show and it's a it's a great chat so i hope you enjoy get your feedback to us at arrests all the Mix on the twitter facebook.com forward slash arrest or email us arrests at gmail dot com uh looking forward to this one hope you enjoy it as much as i did this is a good day to talk
1: about film because I'm working on the Everyman magazine this morning, and then this afternoon I've been working on a new BAFTA TV brochure. Um, so I'm immersed in media. At the okay. It's not. It's not film, is it? I'm doing a TV BAFTAs yeah, this yeah. afternoon. Screen based. Okay. Media. Yeah, screen based <laughs> media. <laughs>
0: And I probably should have asked you to introduce us first, that's very sloppy on my part, but it's the way the show kind of works, so there you go. So I don't know if you guys kind of just want to tell me who you are it's and your kind of role, same way right? around. Yeah, yeah.
1: whatever you want. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Angus McPherson, I'm Lead Creative here at Human After All.
2: I'm Victoria Swalbot, I am Deputy Creative Director at Human After All.
3: Yeah. I'm Paul Willoughby, I'm Creative Director and Founder of Human After All. Cool, and how long have you been going? Uh, human after all has been going for around three years, um, mm. coming out to our third birthday now. Um, but there's a bunch of us who have worked together for much longer, in yeah. different guises. So, as a team, like, yeah, we stretch quite
0: quite far okay. back. Yeah, so what has that been kind of an organic kind of coming together?
3: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, sort of gone with the ebb and flow of the work as well that's come in, and always managed to you know do things which we're very interested in yeah um loosely orbiting around film film so Mm -hmm. hence that chat today
0: yeah well this is i mean this was the sort of primary reason i was attracted to the work you guys do it's you see so many agencies kind of doing admittedly cool stuff but it's rare that you see something that seems to have such an maybe it's an illusion but it, it strikes me as an apparent love of what you do it seems to be a certain degree, a certain lack of compromise in, in, in the kind of run of work. Yeah. It's almost college projects, you know what I mean? It's like indulgent, self-initiated, yeah. this is what we want to do type of thing. Would that be
3: accurate? Um,
0: I'd say that that particular approach
3: is was alive and well in the magazine we used to make, a film magazine called Little White Lies, yeah. where um, you know our creative brief was so much fun each issue because you know mm. we had creative free reign really to do to explore different avenues in design mm. and, um, in like you know the philosophy behind whatever film we were featuring um, so yeah like in terms of just sort of knuckling down something that felt like very personal mm. and, like the wild eyes was, was that um, but if we bring it into the here and now you know like our more commercial projects, there is a larger amount of collaboration with the client. So, you know, the client obviously wants like great craft and amazing work, you know, Mm. both visually and conceptually. Um, But you have to take into account, like, you know, that creative collaboration aspect of it,
0: of course. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably, I guess, just from my own experiences, as an illustrator, it's gonna be very rare that you get absolute free reign you yeah. know um it's, it's kind of unheard of but also i mean i don't know if it's something that i particularly want in a lot of jobs i, I love the relationship of working with a, with a good yeah, art director someone definitely. who's got vision you know i think yeah. that's do you find a lot you know do you sort of have positive relationships with your clients in that respect you know do you do you kind of develop yeah,
1: yeah all the best projects usually come out of a really like exciting collaboration between the um the client and us mm. um it does, it runs the gamut. Sometimes you get people who are quite inflexible and don't, or see if you do something that they don't like, it's like they have to rein you in. Yeah. Whereas we obviously are always um, well, just give our best shot and then say, what do you, like, how do you see this? What do you think? Mm. Where do we go next? So it is very collaborative process. Yeah. There's definitely. a considerable
2: amount of sort of mutual trust in those sort of positive relationships where yeah. um, the client trusts you as a creative agency that you know what's best um, based on the brief and what they're looking for, but then equally you as a creative have to trust that they know their brand and A.B. So yes. sometimes if a piece of feedback comes in that sort of rubs you up a bit the wrong way and you have to sort of remember that they do, that it's probably coming from an, an insight that you don't know about. So yeah it works ways
0: yeah and do you um, i mean i often sort of say to people is i think there's a right way to sort of go back and sometimes maybe just suggest that this this might be a better approach and i often find with a lot of clients that often it's a time constraint from their end or, or something that they just haven't it hasn't occurred so i'll go back and say well I, I do kind of like that idea but have you thought about this and oftentimes they'll sort of say well actually that's yeah, yeah that's cool yeah we'll go with that you know yeah. is, is that do you have that kind of freedom to sort of to have that back and forth rhythm. yeah I mean the
3: conversation is like absolutely open as to you know like how much mm. uh, how far you can stretch the work yeah because um, obviously you just want to deliver the best job you can yes within the constraints that you've got and, mm. you know constraints obviously like time is the major one of course followed by budget you know like you can't allow it to just run forever so yeah yeah um but that's what makes great creativity you know like mm. uh, sort of the presence of um constraints actually makes you more creative i couldn't more agree life.
0: i couldn't agree more yeah, yeah. i love that uh, i like the challenge of that often yeah. you know there's nothing nicer than a kind of tight refined brief <laughs> so- sometimes you know and yeah, just exactly like to... just use black and white yeah or, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know,
3: like do whatever you can but it all has to be read or you know yeah
0: yeah and a big part of my own the kind of craft of the development of my own quite sort of deceptively naive style one of my only clients was the Guardian and I used to get I mean, I did Russell Brown's column, and I'd get 50 minutes sometimes to turn around the full editorial illustration. And, and it was almost a nervous breakdown with him at the time. But in hindsight, it was a really great, it really forced me to find the, the sort of really stripped back version of my style. And actually, I think I fell in love with that more than I did the stuff when you've got too much time. So, okay. of course, there's more of a balance, but often these constraints can can bring beautiful results, I find.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, I, the, the reason I ask these questions about the relationships is because it's, I mean, I've not come across an agency where I've looked at the website and gone, this just looks like an awesome place to work. It's really strong stuff. Um, constraints or not, it's very creative, forward-thinking work. And um, I, have, I mean, this afternoon on the way here, actually, I sent it to a friend who's kind of creative director. He's stifled in his job, and he's been there a lot of years and really good work. But I said, check these guys out. Like, this, this strikes me as the ballpark for what you need to be looking for. And he came back and said, this is brilliant. Yeah, you know, this, this is, that, that's right. Um, but that doesn't come easy, does it? I mean, so you talk about sort this sort of organic growing up, yeah. and working with friends. Um, did you? How did you? Did you sort of hold tight to that? You mm-hmm. wanted to do stuff that was fun and not particularly. We were. Like pursuing our own sort of
3: passions, sort of like Little White Lies, sort of came from Dan his uni project. Right. Okay. So. And then we met him around the right, right time and we got cracking on that and you know like those sorts of projects are a labour of love so um, it's you know like the energy you get from, from it fuels the work so yeah. the sorts of long hours we did back then were like obviously like just fueled by the passion for doing the work
0: really. Yeah, yeah. and then so, so how long did you do the white lives for and do you not you don't do that now? Oh no we don't we don't do that now. That's stayed
3: with Church of London mm. Agency. Yeah. Um but we have started like a couple of new personal ventures ourselves, yeah, Being human after all. Uh, one of them is Delve, which is a film based project which Victoria is very much in charge of. Uh and the other one is a magazine called Weapons of Reason mm. which um allows us to explore our own sort of philosophies towards design uh, and then clients obviously see that are attracted to it and it resonates with them on certain levels yeah and that attracts you know the right kind of uh, commercial work out of it gets excuse me it's sort of
2: the ultimate shop window really isn't it yeah um, that people see and are attracted by that sort of work and therefore it helps you focus That like when you say looking at the work we do for our commercial clients. Um, still has that sense
0: of fun and craft to it mm. is hopefully because they've come through something unseen, maybe difficult for some reason, um, which helps sort of inform how that project goes as well. Yeah, I, I always preach the value of that to students. Uh, I did I did a lecture in Huddersfield yesterday, and it, it is um, very easy to think, well, that's cool. I've got that sort of job, that big name client now. I'll bang top mm-hmm. of the portfolio. But actually, like you say, it's the stuff that's done with honesty and a love. Yeah, yeah. Then that people connect with that. There's no doubt about it. and, and if you attract people to that like as exactly yeah. what you said it's it's um it's wonderful because then they tend they come to you for you and that's what i guess we all we're all after really yeah, yeah. In, in the yeah. arts you know it's, i mean
3: it's... i got this from jeff McPetridge. i remember um seeing a, an interview by him like, years ago and he he was producing like mostly personal work but he was getting commissions you know big campaigns for pepsi mm. other things like that and he was he was explaining like the his approach, which is basically produce as much personal work as you can, uh, do the commercial jobs, which then fuel yet more personal work. So yeah, you know he was living the absolute dream from that mm-hmm. aspect, and also Malika Favreau, who was who did BAFTA last year, she has a similar approach. Like a, a huge percentage of her work is um, is personal, personally generated work, mm. uh, and that in turn brings in. Commercial stuff, and yeah. you know, keeps her very happy, keeps her on holiday. Yeah, <laughs> according yeah. to her Instagram. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and you get the best accidents from this stuff. I often find the playful stuff that I mean, really early on, way before I was getting m- much working. You know, so I've got a lot of time on my hands, I would split it between promoting and then doing stuff that, to be honest, was to make my studio mates laugh but yeah. once that creeps into the world you find that it, it weirdly just resonates with people because it's exactly, different yeah. i got yeah. i ended up working with channel four on skins for three years and the reason that came about is because i've done this weird series of these versus posters old school boxing posters pitting um people from various social circles and the yeah. one they've seen was really bad tyson versus thatcher and um, and it just made them laugh so much that it just stuck in the mind. And I met them, and ended up meeting them and said, "Look, we we love that. We want that." they toned down a little bit, but we want to do that for skins with the characters. Yeah. And you just go, bang, white bulb goes off, and then you think, yeah, that's it. That's the key, you know. That's it yeah. takes confidence and time, but it's there's certainly something to be said. Exactly. you sort that. of charging up your creative batteries, ready for absolutely. Yeah, you know, commercial <laughs> yeah. Output. So, do you as as an agent, how many people work for Human After All? I
3: think there's 18 now, but um, yeah, just slowly growing team, like there's a, a balance between producers and, um, mm. you know, designers, art directors, creatives, ourselves. Yeah. So um, we always keep that balance right, um, just so the clients are serviced well. Mm. Um, there's also a studio manager who looks after the daily workings, a production manager who Organises uh, many complex mm. print design tasks. Yeah, it's Brilliant. Like this week, this week. yeah I think yeah. it's probably a busiest week ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and do you have a, do you have a path? I mean, you know, are they sort of tangible long term goals or? I mean, I talk to a lot of people and they tend to go with the more you know organic. w I mean, they'll lose plan, but you know, do you go with what comes in front of you or I mean, what? Um, well. Yes and no, really.
3: You can't really tell what's going to come through the door the next day, but it's likely to be yeah. within the five pillars that we look at on our website. Um, so, you know, like digital campaigns, branding. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get it on screen now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, generally things fall within those pillars. Yes, yeah. so it's very, that that's our common language when it comes to, to work so yeah. that's the, they're, they're the various genres of work that we feel yeah. confident in that we've got experience in mm. and that we, we really want to pursue
0: yeah I think it's good to have boundaries isn't it I mean it's good to know what your specialisms are and what you, you want to do but be what you can do really well I yeah. think once you start becoming a bit of a jack of all it's a dangerous road to go down exactly
3: and um, you know like branding is as old as the hills really like people have always wanted uh, an amazing brand, which, you know, stands out above the competitors. So, you yeah, know, that's something which it should be around for mm. a very long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this BAFTA's campaign was really, really strong, in my opinion. It knockout stuff. Uh, was it as fun as it looks to work on?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, um, as Gus was saying, like
1: the BAFTA, BAFTA are a good client in terms of they brand. have strong ideas about what they want but they're very open to kind of um, our feedback so it's um, yeah it's that ideal situation where the sum is greater than the parts Mm. and everyone brings sort of good ideas to the table
0: yeah it looks always beautiful these kind of what's the right word gold embossed these ticket Um, book clubs they're they're fantastic yeah we got to um
3: a bit of foil on there which is a designer's favourite it really <laughs> is isn't yeah. it I, I've yet to do
2: it <laughs> so, uh, and our production manager Hannah who weaves um, these sorts of magic um, on these sorts of jobs particularly because the battery tickets it's sort of as presented as a wallet because there's so many parts to it yeah. um, I actually haven't worked on a job though so I'm not the best out of these <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> the tickets
3: the tickets have to reflect you know the glamour of the event yeah. you know the sorts of people that the ticket will en- end up in the the hands of mm. so you yeah. know you're appealing to people who are like well versed in yes the luxury prints <laughs> of genre. yeah uh, so we really have to amp up the special treatments and you yeah. know and the, the crispness and cleanliness of the design as well, because it's actually got to work on the night. You know, people have got to know what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's, it's beautifully clean and crisp layout. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's the tiniest touches, like it's little little illustrations of the people sort of top left there. It, it just ties in to the more creative stuff, I think. And it's just that little link makes it work because it's, function- yeah, it's functional. But then it, it just nails the rest of the campaign on the head, I think. And it's a really clever touch yeah Yeah. I think it's so how long do you do it is this the first time we've done the BAFTA stuff no this
3: is um, year three now so wow yeah that's uh, a fair client but it's yeah like each year we come up with a creative uh, approach this year was window to another world yeah um, we called it that was you know it's always worth coining a phrase when you're it's good uh, encapsulating these things for your client um, and that's obviously like stretched onto the film covers you know celebrating the five best films of the year mm-hmm. um, so it was it was a challenge finding the right mix of iconography for those you know yeah. like how how do you frame the character in the film through a device within the film yes and how does that narrative play out within you know your picture plane, which we're using here also you know how to, tie the palettes together, the detail together, mm-hmm. you know, why do the tickets relate very well to the, um, the brochures and to the campaign which appears on the tubes, you know, the whole thing has to work as, you know, a, a holistic
0: yeah. identity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, I think you know, it absolutely achieves that. I mean, are you, are you really happy with how it's turned out? yeah massively like um yeah i mean like we, we we had a bit of a challenge
3: to top last year's because it won a few awards last year with malika so um yeah we were quite keen to sort of make sure we put in the required effort this time i it? saw the
0: who did who who's done the illustrations for these respective campaigns
2: so the first year was Labocca yeah um last year was Malika fabre and uh, and this
3: year, um, a Hungarian artist called Levente think. Okay. And forgive me, Levente, <laughs> I'm terrible for that, especially on this show. I, I listen back sometimes and I'm like, that's not my name at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> one, uh, one thing that's definitely worth checking out is Levente on his bit. Highlands put this cover series up, including a time lapse animation of him working on these animat- oh, wow. uh, illustrations, Yeah. Um, which is definitely worth anyone who's really in it's a bit of a process nerd checking out yeah that's
0: brilliant yeah yeah because I, I think I saw these in the illustration awards last year like,
1: yeah, yeah you will have
0: yeah. yeah they were yeah. I mean they were prominent you know they were they were great stuff right yeah. there on the back wall like the, these I think. actually yeah they were fantastic I think we're at that size I might be wrong but anyway yeah I just remember yeah. being there and just being like "That's awesome yeah really, really strong work and that was a uh, Somerset house as well nice grandiose mm. location which is always Always oh, wonderful. It was a big night. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Work to, I guess you get to go to the BAFTAs as
3: part of this. Um, we get to go to the BAFTAs after party. Right. Okay. Which is um, absolutely, you know, it's an amazing cocktail. Yeah. Um, cocktails on tap, basically. Yeah. <laughs> every, um, so yeah, a few of us go down to that every year. A dessert
2: buffet this year as well there was oh,
3: oh, wow. there was an exquisite um, dessert buffet which um, it's kind of it's, which is endless basically like oh i shouldn't eat
1: too much because you know, i'll leave it for someone <laughs> yeah. they just keep bringing more yeah. more and more macaroons <laughs> Yeah, Ten macarons later, really. yeah, you could
2: tell who had been to that party the next day by the fact they weren't only hungover but also sort of major sugar out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went. I went to
0: WrestleMania for, in New Orleans two years ago. I worked for WWE and I'm a fan as well. I can't hide that. And they had liquid nitrogen ice cream at the pre-party. Ah, yes. Talk about arrogant exactly. desserts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's bad. No Yorkshireman should be <laughs> <Yeah>. with liquid <laughs> nitrogen ice cream. That's ridiculous. But <laughs> well um, I'm completely off track with that. <laughs> um yeah, actually I'm I'm quite close and hopefully gonna get Jenny Bevan for the podcast soon, which would be wonderful after all the costume design victories at BAFTAs and, Jenny and Bevan. Yeah, with the Mad Max. The lady. Yes. And all the controversy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which would be great, you know. I'm yeah. just I uh, love so I think uh, are you guys are you all big film fans? Is that sweepers then? I mean I guess a lot of people are but
1: are you Willow, you you definitely are.
0: Yeah, I mean I I
3: opted for a film studies um, module whilst yeah. I was at uni. I studied illustration but yeah. I was I was obsessed with film back then. Yeah. and um, yeah, like and that obviously found its way into doing the White Lies and whilst doing the magazine you got to see the absolute cream of the crop in terms Mm -hmm. of like you know the interesting cinema emerging not always mainstream yes um and that has stuck with me since you know i don't watch as many films as i used to but one great thing we do have now is delve which is every single (laughs) week there's a recommendation you know yeah and i try and tick off like every single one yeah,
2: yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. We provide a check thought... at the end of the year for ticking. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so
0: tell us about Delve, because I, mean, I, I think that was our first contact. I think I found yes. you guys on Behance and then got in touch, and yeah. you told me all about Delve, which sounded amazing. Mm. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: So Delve um, initially started off as, um, at the time, we were running sort of side projects called Labs. Um, and Delve was one we were doing with Danny, who's our CEO, who was the originator of Little White Lies, as Paul mentioned. Um, And we knew we really wanted to do something in film still, but we wanted it to be quite different from Little White Lies. Um, And what had been quite a common misconception of Little White Lies is, um, Little White Lies is an independent film magazine in that it is independent from anyone else's opinion. Um, It had the um, sort of mission statement, honest, passionate and unmerciful. But a lot of people, I think, misread it as independent as only being independent film or art house film. Do you remember the outcry right, when um, Star Trek was on the front cover and people were like, what is this? Is that right? Yeah. Um. So um, it did have a little bit of an aura around it that maybe it wasn't for sort of anyone who might be interested in film, maybe yeah. people with a particular interest. Yeah. Um, totally unintentional, but that's how that happened. So we really wanted to set Delve out. Um, the mindset of this is a film service, it's open to everyone, it's digital, therefore it's very easy to get access to. Um, and it sort of arose from the sort of um, persistent problem. There's always lots of films out every week. How do you know which one to go and see? Yeah. And you can sort of look through all your reviews, you can find your trusted critics, whether that's in the Guardian or Empire or wherever, the time out. Um, or, the idea of Delve is that it sort of saves you searching around or having to ask all your mates and you get this one recommendation uh, which is chosen uh, by four of the UK sort of top film critics who are from those um, sort of outlets i just listed. Um, and then we sort of take it further with the idea that um, the name Delve came from the fact that people, hopefully like us, are sort of curious and inquisitive about the world around film. Um, so, and this is something actually that we really want to encourage to do with Little White lines. but when you were coming up with the cover illustration or aesthetic for Little White lines, you'd see the film and then you'd really have to think around the context of that film. Um, you know, what can we sort of draw from that film to create visual devices from? So in a slightly more laid back way, I guess, with Delve, it's what sort of areas of interest can we draw from this film? So it can be anything from, um, I'm just trying to think from the top of my head, the recent ones. Uh, Genius Dogs to, um, oh, I think it's quite sad on the upcoming newsletter about how many children die each year as a result of drone strikes. Mm. So it really does cover a very wide universe of interest that all span from our weekly films. And then finally, and this is how we got in touch, um, we also just love creating art around films. Um, So we create a weekly artwork um, that goes in the Delft newsletter. And with that, the focus is very much on creating a piece of art that has to be inspired, again, by the context and feeling around the film, rather than recreating Mm. a particular scene or still, or um, your sort of generic film poster floating heads sort of set-up, so... Yeah. uh, Which means, again, they very much take their aesthetic and concept from the individual films, so if you go on Delft's website, there's a very wide gamut of artwork on there, um, because it's all inspired by very different films. So yeah, and one problem we actually have with Del is it's very difficult to explain it in a short way. i mean, <laughs> saying it's a weekly film, news said so that sort of does it to say because it is much more than that. But uh, we're still working on a sort of elevator pitch. Yeah. It doesn't take ten minutes to explain. I, I think it's great
0: <laughs> though, and, um, and like you said about the whole personal project thing, I think it's fantastic to see uh, and the prominent agency doing this stuff, and... I mean, I get fed up, and I understand the reasons why. There's a lot of sterility in film posters, and the same reason you get book jackets in Waterstones and you got so much rich content within that novel. Why have we just got a generic, blurred out shot of it? You know what I mean? It's like, and it kind of it's frustrating to creative, but of course it goes back to understanding what the client needs, and the fact that you know Tesco controlling the book and all that stuff. Um, but the project like this is brilliant because that takes it right back to. I think you mentioned, was it the? Um, so at least in European
2: Yeah, yeah. Film course. poster aesthetic. Sort of an original inspiration. And it, it's interesting you bring up um sort of commercial film posters because we actually did work um on a few commercial film poster campaigns quite a few years ago now. Um so that really gives us a, a very strong understanding of the realities of working on those sorts of jobs that um, you know, their their sole purpose is to get people into the cinema yes. and there sort of sets uh, graphic treatments that are sort of known yeah. to be successful. So, as a result, not always you can see some absolutely stunning um, yeah. sort of mould breakers out there, but quite often um, there can be sort of set palettes. Um, However, when you're working on things like secondary campaigns or special prints for films, so it becomes really exciting because you are sort of free of those constraints, and that's where the sort of delve artwork comes in. Yeah, that, yeah. Sort of what a great idea! Um, but interesting, you mentioned book covers actually. I feel like that segues us nicely into um, <laughs> our chart-topping uh, book in film we wrote yeah. last year which um, uh, we uh, aren't directed the cover for this one so I guess can uh, this one uh, so this is the movie
1: day. doctors um, which was a book Simon Mayer and Mark Mode May published last year and it's um, how, or what movies can cure you or what 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 movies will make you happy? Oh, wow. Cure okay. your depression, Brilliant. stop you being anxious, uh, make you a better parent. <laughs> so has all these, like, all these, The shining. medicinal <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, this is a big project we worked on last year. Uh, I think it's the longest publication we've ever produced at three hundred and fifty pages. Um, which is, you know, a big deal for a graphic designer. Um, <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Probably one of the heaviest, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, yeah, the it weightiest. It's a
1: chart-topper in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was it was a really fun project. I'm aware that we're on radio and we have, we're surrounded by, like, visual objects that <laughs> people can't see. Um, but it, um... It was a great project in terms of the client were uh, sort of really enthusiastic and kind of had great ideas and were excited about what we proposed and um...
3: You got to our direct... I got Simon Mayo. And yeah, and
1: yeah. The yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> shoot, right? Swung around <laughs> the their photography studio telling people what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's great.
2: Oh, there was some uh, quite exciting prop sourcing required. Um, yeah. The yeah. megaphone, stethoscope. Really?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got a lot of... Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. Have you been to a prop warehouse else before? I have not, no. no. I, I worked on a
0: really sort of low-end, uh, independent short web... Series two summers ago, and I you know, I kind of went into this raw blind. The guy I'd worked, worked with on an illustrator front trusted that that sort of works in a wider realm than that, anyway. Long story short, I'm panicking, tiny production budget, six sets to deal with, one assistant, and it's like, shit, and um, he hands me a piece of paper and it's like an address. and It's a props warehouse, so there's about 10 adjacent industrial units, and I mean, it's a labyrinth of everything you can imagine everything from beds to doors to wigs to boxes to drinks bottles it's wow. over all these different it's just amazing you could have spent a week in there as, a, yeah, as a, yeah. someone with a creative mind you know it's, it's funny. so that was that was exciting not something checked off the yeah. list yeah <laughs> what, what was
1: it called <laughs> the uh the actual warehouse yeah let me try and remember the name
0: there's one in london and there's one in manchester Where i was living at the time um they used to be used to for a lot of uh, theater productions right and, right and, and tv shows and all sorts by Garcon Blanc on the name of it. We tried to get some
3: taxidermy once <laughs> for a shoe, um, but it ended up costing an absolute fortune. So like, there was no way, oh, we really? just thought, how, how expensive can it be just to get some like stuffed animals in this shoe? Um, and yeah, it just turned out to be like in, into the thousands. Really? Oh, so, what was that for? Oh, I actually can't remember. <laughs> I, <don't> <laughs> I remember us just being like, Wow! Yeah, so let's let's just get some stuffed animals and um, yeah. some funny. taxidermy, <laughs> and you know, like I think because the place I think which is based in Angel is in London. Mm. You're gonna have like Vogue magazine, mm. you know, like all the fashion brands sort of. Knocking on their door, asking for snowy owls
0: and stuff. Yeah, so the price goes yes. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, give me a shout. With my my studio, which is like four hundred and fifty people on site out by in Greenwich, and there's there's someone who does taxidermy on site. So yeah. right. well, there's an independent yeah, to to hey. you next time. <laughs> so <it>. yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind. Honestly, wherever I'm in the studio is an absolute treasure trove of. If i ever work on another film project in that direction then that's i'll be in good hands put it that way <laughs> 3d printers you know right. it's, it's great <laughs> so um um the deck of cards was a project that jumped out at yes me as a as a knockout yeah. there we go full frame of them yeah that's, that's brilliant is that i guess that's, that's just another self-initiated sort of labor of love yes that was um
3: something we did a couple of years ago now. Um, so each card had to celebrate a cult film, of some kind. Mm. But we we made it difficult for ourselves by trying to incorporate the card suit icon into every single illustration, but also have a film to do with the actual number itself. Yeah. So you know, like, if if you're a film fan, then obviously all the clues are in there, and a lot of people manage to. Name every single one of them, brilliant. But um, yeah, like I love challenges like that where you're trying to, you know, achieve something quite difficult with. Again, like this time, it was with limited means. So we just used like pure vectors and um, mm. pure black and white and red. Quite a minimal approach, which allowed, you know, for me to slip those those icons in. Unnoticed here and there, but uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean the only mistake I think I made was on um, old boy where I put. I think nine tentacles on an eight-tentacle <laughs> octopus. I bet, you, I, bet you, I bet somebody called you out on that. But, um, films well, like that. Jonathan Crocker did, who I'd work with these on. So um, I think he the car, he's the only guy who's pointed out to me just yet. Yeah. He's,
2: um, he's a major cephalopod enthusiast, so he would have
0: pointed out on both. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh. Um, so... Moving forward, I mean, is there is there have you got sort of pedestal jobs? You know, that are there any jobs you would love to get that you work towards, or is that just do you just remain open to that? Well, oh, so we always joke we'd like to do a tail fin of
2: an airplane. Yeah, like...
0: we've done a bus round, but we haven't got to a
2: plane yet. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, one step along the way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> so, yeah. um, sorry, ready I think the world's ready for another tail fin, um campaign now. Okay. Yeah. We're ready to do it if anyone needs it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you ever even think about competition as an agency? I mean, do you... I would guess that with the, with the sheer identity you've crafted for human after all, it, it, it's probably not something you really think about in terms of who's up against you for jobs. Do you just sort of very much concentrate on your own identity? I mean,
3: obviously there's a massive aspect of just being, coming into work every day just getting stuck into what you're doing. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm ultra-conscious of the competition out there, but I am very conscious of people doing amazing work, just coming in on my feeds yeah. every day. You know, I try and keep an eye on, um, you know, the general sort of branding approaches going on. I'm a big fan of a lot of agencies in that area. Um, but then you know I've got a huge respect for a lot of agencies mm. and the work that they do um, which you know like only pushes you to go that step further Absolutely. every time you, you approach a pitch or a brief you know it's just like you know you've got to do you've got to pull out some extra yeah. strength in it really just to um, just to operate on such a an amazing field because you know London is full of amazing agencies yeah um, oh god yeah it's a hotbed and then as, as soon as you expand that to like new york uh all the other major cities and the yeah. rest of the world you know the, we're swamped with great agencies so you've yeah. got to do something yeah
0: kind of special and signature totally, to stick yeah out. yeah and if you can't rest on your laurels i mean healthy competition is one of the best drivers out there and um you know, it's like I think there's always this illusion from an outside perspective, you know, let's say when you're a student and before you've got that first client and there's this big bad world awaiting yeah. you after the safety of uni, it's like you yeah. sort of go out there and it's very easy to look at these amazing client lists and think, sort of, you know, it's made, they can yeah. wake up every day and it just falls in their lap. As we all know, that's not reality, but no. the, the moment you stop is the moment you're going backwards, so you, you cannot, and like you say, yeah. you know, the, the looking at what's going on around to a degree is a really healthy thing because... you get sloppy it's you know it can it can go backwards very quickly yeah
2: Um, I don't know if I'm speaking for for how everyone works here but for me I'd say it's much more about sort of beating yourself than beating other people like how can you push yourself further how can you um, make this job the best it can possibly be within the time frame within the constraints yes um rather than necessarily say looking at another agency and being like oh man I wish I was um, yeah Mm so it's quite hard to quantify what is better than someone else I guess really Mm -hmm. because it's so subjective
3: it's the constant refinement of processes and that's what we we always look at and you know every deck that goes out if there's something that we can make better then we'll make you know that and we'll Mm -hmm. try and pull it out of the bag next time around yeah
2: yeah Yeah. that sort of feeds into creating frameworks as well um, for some aspects of what we do that if you can Create solid frameworks for some parts of the creative process that can be a little bit more um, sort of planned in that way. That does give you the space and time um, to really focus on the sort of stuff that needs a lot of creative input and headspace. Yeah. Um, mm. But that's something that we've developed over time. Mm. Um. With experience and.
0: Yeah, as we all do. I mean, I you know I'll say to people who sort of get daunted by the Competition, I so say, it's not, but it's kind of irrelevantly. It's about carving out the the you in the work, which you've done very well as an agency, and um, stamping the identity. And like you say, it's responding the best you can to any given job. Like I mentioned earlier, fifty minute deadlines. They know you can't deliver a masterpiece for that. They're, you know, we're all you know. There's there's realism to take into account, and it's about finding the best solution. It's problem solving, isn't it? The whole industry is built with problem solving. It's about job by job. Kind of thing. I know. definitely yeah. as a
2: creative, that's something you learn more and more as time goes on That like when you first come out of uni you want to create the most amazing piece of work full stop mm-hmm. um, and the sort of notion of time um, it, you can have a bit of a sort of discord where um, the sort of approach you've taken to create this amazing piece of work means that you're sort of an hour, two hours a day late in submitting something and sort of as time goes on you realise what's the best I can do yes. within the constraints and that is sort of taking... Is. Yeah.
0: No one is left waiting for your masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, uh, so I mean you know, you've said about sort of eighteen people as is, is have you got do you envision where you see human after all going in terms of the size of a company? You know, is, is there somewhere you don't want it to go? Do you, do you would you like it to continue to get bigger? Do you really think about that?
3: Um I mean we we just sort of grow at an organic rate. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, like should demand exceed, you know, the amount of folks that we have and the amount of freelancers coming in, then we, we know that we need to employ someone else. Yeah. Um, as long as we can ensure quality of the work, and, yeah. you know, like, keep our passion in the work, then that's the sort of size that, that will stay up. I mean, as for getting much bigger, who knows? I mean, yeah. You know, good know answer. Take, take <laughs> yeah. it as it comes. Like you say, it's
0: retaining the quality, isn't it? And if you can do both, then fantastic. You yeah. Know, it's just, I mean,
3: so. I'm amazed to see how the bigger agencies, you know, ensure quality throughout their whole output. Yeah. You know, and it'd be, it'd be great to sort of poke my head in some of these agencies and just figure <laughs> out yeah. how they enforce such rigorous processes across the board.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, the last part I always do on the show, I call it Shark in the Tank, and I, what well, I'm going to do it a bit different this time, I always usually ask, put my guests on the spot and I ask them to name a sort of, a love and a hate, and it can be as fun or it can be as serious as you want, and it's usually right across, well, anything creative whatsoever, open book, and have had some great answers, but since we're on film today, I'm, I'm going to ask each of you to name the... A worst film than a best film, it, it, same thing. It can be of today, it can be all time, it can be whatever you want. Just playful. It's playful uh, way to wrap up the show. <laughs>
1: Fucking heck! <Come> on. <laughs> <laughs> I love this it um, I'm really starting to struggle with this. It's, it's big going big to be like spot, recent recent films that I have in my mind. Um, this will be controversial, but I watched Django. No, not Django Unchained. So Jang on Jane, Tarantino's hateful Hateful (laughs) Hateful (laughs) A. (laughs) And um, I just thought it was pointless. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, So that that would be my hate. (laughs) Controversial (laughs) there. I've talked to a lot of people who really liked it. So um, I might be in the minority there. And my love. The one that sticks out in the last year or so is Ex Machina. just thought that was brilliant. I mm-hmm. uh, watched it a couple of times. It's just so stylish, and everything was... The special effects were brilliant, and the script was brilliant, and then the twist at the end, they just kept, kept leading you down, mm-hmm. sort of blind alleys, and, um, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, it so started
3: yeah. Yeah. You really
2: yeah, I had to go, I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> my, my recent film, Hate, um, and possibly it was down to the timing, so on Pancake Day, my other half put on a phone, a, phone, a film, called Lone Survivor, um, which is about a group of Navy SEALs who get stranded, I think it's in Afghanistan? Um, and they're sort of defenceless, and they're without cons and they have to stay alive, and it's absolutely brutal. So we were trying to have a nice pancake day eating our pancakes, and there was like a guy that you could see his bones poking out his legs, and they probably, they mashed its oblivion. And it was possibly your time worst <laughs> film choice uh, for pancake day. So my That's touches. a fantastic <laughs> answer. Um, but he
3: survived, right?
2: Well, we actually stopped watching it before the end. <laughs> We actually got three-quarters of the way through and stopped, which was just a bit Wow um, So, yeah, sorry, Lone Survivor. Um, Favourite film, I'm going to go a little bit further back in time. Um, it's a film called Tetro, um, which it was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and was a previous cover of Little White Lies. And I remember going to see a screening of that um, before we started working on the issue um, and just like getting chills watching it and thinking, wow, this is just such an amazing film. I mm. it. And I love it. It's in black and white. Uh, and I actually haven't seen it in a few years so it's sort of reminded me to re-watch it but it definitely sticks on my list that's some things, homework for me so, yeah, yeah. A
3: good one good <laughs> uh, me the thing I've loved the film I've loved the most lately it's probably been I'm a huge Terrence Malick fan so I watched Night of Cups recently which I thought was an amazing like existential masterpiece like Tarek Malik is a massive divider. Like, people either love him or hate him. Mm. And I took one of my old flatmates to go and see uh, Tree of Life. Um, and, like, he fell asleep during it. So, like... And it was a press screening as well, so I was, like, absolutely disgusted wow. that I could take him to this, like... Wow. Proper press screening. and <laughs> to just nod off. Um, but then... I don't know, films that I hate. I don't I actually don't sit through films that I hate to be honest. Like and they get switched off almost immediately. So yeah. I just can't maintain concentration. So yeah, yeah
0: I, I, I On oh, that basis, say what's the quickest you've turned off a film? man. <laughs> or <laughs> we'll twist it. Uh, <laughs> I
3: reckon there's some going um, with Talbot's approach that I reckon there's some pretty low budget I did go through, like, a Van Damme phase at one stage. We all have. (laughs) So, spinning off from Van Damme, you know, you've got all kinds of low-budget kung fu films. And I did go through a stage of trying to, like, consume as many of them as possible. And I'd have to say some of those are are fairly unwatchable past the first ten minutes. Because you know that there's no, like, artful (laughs) sort of (laughs) payoff
0: at any point. It's just pure, like...
3: Um, Bubble gum flick,
0: you know. Yeah, really. I have my best friend. He's he's a big film fan, and he's his little vice is watching films of wrestlers. And he's got this like checklist, and he's gone as far as Japan and Mexico now because he's done the US ones. And he's like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, some actually, commitment. Yeah. It's real commitment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a fan though I don't know where he finds the time to do this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's when I had a bit more time, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a good point. Well, thanks ever so much for your time, guys.
3: And uh, it's been
0: really, really good talking. Thank you I really, I'm really pleased that I managed to get someone to sit down and kind of detail the importance of doing the personal work yeah. um, and doing it in such an interesting way and creative, creating things that people can get hold of, can people can share and buy into the idea of. And I don't think there are many better examples than Human After All's work. Um, I loved that conversation. I loved... Getting down there and seeing the guys, I really hope to work with them myself soon, which would be amazing because the projects that they work on are really exciting and just such a high level of quality throughout all their work. A real professionalism, and the office was a brilliant setup. And it's easy to see why they they must be such a wonderful client to work for. So go and check them out. Uh, you know they're not hard to find. They're out there online, on social media, well represented. Um, and I can't wait to see what they're doing moving forward. I hope they continue to work on you know the Baftas and all the all the cool, the cool kind of projects that they they they've become known for. Um, you know it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good to see what see what's coming up. I'm starting to see them all over the place now. I, I bumped into Paul down at the d n a d Festival who was on one of the judging panels. He was on one of the previous episodes uh, on the d n a d Festival special part two. So go back and check that out. Um their website is humanafterall.co.uk. You can go and see all a uh, really, really nicely designed site as you would expect. All the projects are up there. Go and check it out. Let us know your thoughts as ever on the Twitter at arrestsallmimics, facebook.com forward slash arrestallmimics and arrestsallmimics at gmail.com. Thanks again to our sponsors, illustrationweb.com, and that's Illustration Limited, and, uh, and Heart Internet, as ever, bringing us great tech tips that we all need as freelance and um, employee professionals. We've got to boost that brand. You have to work the social media these days. Uh, I know a lot of people who are pretty cold to the idea of it, and it is difficult to pick up. But Heart Internet are making it a little bit easier every episode. So thanks to those guys uh thanks for tuning in guys like i mentioned at the start of the show the numbers are going up all the time it's really exciting for me as uh, someone who's worked hard uh late into the night to, to build the social media brands and to kind of you know attract new followers let people know we're out there the amount of times i'm kind of thrusting a flare into someone's hand for this show so do me a big favor if you're a listener and you really love it and you've enjoyed what you've heard so far Spread the word. Send someone a link. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe on there. We're on soundcloud.com forward slash arrests all the mix. It's a real labour of love for me, and I've got some awesome guests coming up for you very, very soon in the future. We've got Rod Hunt, illustration Jedi, as I like to call him, coming up. Uh, Rod was the Association of Illustrators chairman for nine years. He's very protective of the industry. He's very passionate, and he's one of the real big hitters, working on some amazing client briefs. Then we've got, coming up, we've got Adrian Shaughnessy, British graphic design legend. We've got a a special on being an introvert in the creative industries. Quite an interesting twist on that one, but it's a fascinating conversation. So, so many more interesting shows coming up in the future. Uh, I hope you're loving what we do. Get those thoughts over, and I will look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. Cheers, guys.